what do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the Niche Finder podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, somebody who I went to business school with uh, in the person of Derek Lorraine. He's been an entrepreneur. I mean, even when he was in business school, he had already been in business. I'm going to let him tell his story. But always from the time that we connected, it's been just that. It's been a connection where we pretty much just been able to just build off of one another, both in class and also outside of class uh, he's just a really good brother is uh, is someone who i feel that has a lot to contribute and i really look forward to hearing what he has to say as we chop it up today so without further ado on this episode episode number 10 of the niche finder framework in our infancy we're able to have a a lion a part of join our pack today <laughs> stop stop <laughs> in the person of of derek lorraine Let's make him feel welcome and, uh, you know, to our niche product community. So, Derek, what's going on, man? What's up, man? What's up, man? It's been, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, brother. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, man. I, You know, I really can't complain. This podcasting journey has been something that I found to be very interesting. It's been rewarding. Been getting a lot of good feedback from it. But like I said, you are a lion in this thing. You've been, uh, you've been doing this for a minute now. You got your own podcast. Sure. Tell us a little bit as we get into this interview. Tell us a mm-hmm. little bit of why the audience should have a vested interest in your journey. Oh my gosh. It's been a windy road. I actually probably didn't didn't travel down the road. <laughs> I probably was off-roading for, for most of this journey, but I got here. And, and that's the most important thing. I think uh, the last 20 years has been quite impactful for me in really setting the stage for where I, where I am today. So and I'm, I'm thankful for every experience, every callous, <laughs> every blow, every, every pitfall, every win, every victory that I experienced to get me to where I am today. 
you know so i find so it's so interesting when i look at your journey and and i and i know it just not only from looking on your linkedin by the way his current position right now derek is the director of content operation and for pockstock.com if you don't know about it you need to type in pockstock it is excellent website if you want to get anything that has to do with people of color black and brown people you know stock images and again i have the experts here he'll tell you a little bit more that's just my elevator pitch of why <laughs> You need to go there and see some beautiful pictures that that he actually is the manager of it. But I want to ask you this. In part of this journey that you find yourself on, most businesses, uh, many businesses, they fail within the first five years, some within the first first year. Actually, you were able to have 20 years <laughs> of success with a brainchild that you helped to engineer in local wisdom, you're the firm that you were operating with. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the obstacles that you actually encountered as you were going through this journey of entrepreneurship. So started local wisdom out of college. It was myself and uh, three other owners. And, and literally it was blood, sweat and tears. So we didn't start with investor dollars. We didn't, <laughs> we actually didn't know that we could start with investor dollars. So this, this, it was a situation where we, it was, it was the beginnings was one project at a time. That was how we built the opportunities for ourselves. You know, we, we were able to start off small, small mom and pop shops doing websites. Mm. <laughs> and then we got an opportunity to work with a Fortune 500 company. And, and that was literally the infusion that we needed to really kind of explode and, and, and start our growth, our, our path to, to, you know, really becoming a multi-million dollar business. Mm. And so that business that you were you were in uh, local wisdom that really was more of an uh, IT driven, more of in the IT space. But what exactly were you doing? What were you doing to add value to the customers that you were serving? So I wore many hats. I was the relationship guy. So uh, think of myself as the guy that was. I'm the account manager, key account manager. I'm out in front talking to clients, strategizing uh, new opportunities, kind of working with them. I'm also in the trenches as well, doing work, <laughs> working on websites, adding content, uh, maybe even doing a little design, which I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> but, mm. you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you kind of uh, have to wear many hats, especially early on when you don't have the, the staff, the resources to be able to do to to, to, to do everything. You kind of have to do it, do it yourself. So, yeah, it's just uh, but primarily my focus was really relationships. It was really keeping our clients happy, keeping our customers happy. That was the main thing. And so, you know, one thing that Malcolm Gladwell said in his book, Outliers, he said, hard work is a prison sentence only when it doesn't have meaning. And so what obstacles were you needing to overcome as you started this new journey in entrepreneurship? Again, you're learning on the fly. School of the Hard Knocks, you just kind of outlined that. But what did you learn along the way that you think has helped you? today? Well, to answer the first question regarding uh, kind of the early obstacles, I didn't know anything. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I you know, we got this opportunity working for this Fortune 500 company and it was learning on the fly, right? So I think many people in my position or a lot of people in, in my position would have probably said, oh, I'm too scared. I don't want to do this. But it was truly a once in a lifetime opportunity. Wow. Who gets the opportunity to, to work hand in hand with a company that you've known for many, many years and now you get to support them as a small business, mm. as a black man? Like, right. what? 
right? <laughs> so, I mean, that was in itself, the biggest challenge was the learning curve. There was so much, so much to learn, right? And there were a lot of mistakes that were made. That is the, the truth. But I think over time, you kind of build up a callus, you know, and you, you kind of, you, you make mistakes. I've done things where, you know, funny story, I, early on, I was supporting supporting a few brands, a few brands making uh, some website updates, and I was naming some of the content, uh, some of the content, some of the images on the on the website, and I, I was naming them things that I shouldn't be naming them. Like, uh, uh, you know, it was a picture of a black man, and I said black man, like <laughs> you know, Asian woman, like you know, like you don't name, like you got to stay away from things like that. Again, right. this was this was like in my mid twenties. <laughs> I got pinged by my manager that said, "Did you name this particular file that name? Because you don't need to be doing that." So you know, again, learnings, <laughs> right? Right, you know? right? 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 You know. So I took that. I didn't never happen again. But it was again, it was a learning experience. <laughs> right. So those were the files that you were actually keeping um, of the of the clients. So those are the files that actually. So uh, imagine you have a picture of an African-American man gotcha. on the homepage of the website. Right, <laughs> so right, right. the file that's on the server is named Black Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that would prompt a conversation to come to HR's office. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we have a special conversation with you. Uh, exactly. Come see me at three o'clock and hopefully it's not a Friday. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. So now you, you've entered into this entrepreneurial for what, do you have a mentor? Did you have any mentors along your way that helped you to to carry you through this journey as you were traveling? Funny you should say that. Uh, we had an interesting opportunity early on in Local Wisdom where we had a gentleman who was in a transition, just kind of, kind of in, a, in a transitionary mode. And we kind of worked out a deal with him and we said, you know what? We, you know, I, he's like, I'm in a transition. I know you guys are, are, are at the starting point of your company and you're looking to kind of knock down doors and, and, and get deeper into into various companies. I'm willing to help you guys. You know, let's work out a deal. I'm willing to help you guys to, to be successful and kind of teach you guys everything I know. But here's how we got to do it. You know, it's like one of you guys have to kind of take the leap of faith and work with me for the next three, six months. <laughs> and I will literally, you can shadow me literally, and I will walk you through this whole process of how do I engage with customers? How do I close a deal? I'm going to give you the lesson, <laughs> right? So literally this is like year, this is like year two, year two of, you know, full-fledged business. Like we're in, we have some clients now, and now we have an opportunity to get somebody that can like train us, who's like mm. been doing this and, and can, you know, and really can hold our hand through the process. And, and also shine a light on us along the way. So it's not only that he's training us and he's training me, quite frankly, because I'm the one that took this quick leap of faith, right? Mm. But also that, but also can say to client A that this guy is, he's great. He's under my wing, but he's going to be the guy that's going to be taken over. So if you can trust me, you can trust him. Like mm. <laughs> that mm. doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> right. right. It doesn't happen. So that was that quite frankly was a great tool, a great resource to have early on. And then thereafter, 
because we made so many great relationships, like we're a relation, we were a relationship, I was in a relationship guy. We just had people along the way who we've worked with that we could always talk to and get counsel from and ideas from and things of that nature. So it's necessary. <laughs> it's needed and necessary. But I would say mm. that infusion early on was so important and so powerful. It was stressful on me because it, it, it really stretched me and, and, and in many ways that I never was stressed before, but it was necessary. It's mm. definitely necessary. You know, I hear a tremendous amount of humility in what you're saying. I mean, here you have uh, an opportunity where you're in a fortune, you know, 400, a fortune 500 company that you say gave you an opportunity. The fact that you were able to just sit down under the tutelage of somebody, one could think that you already arrived. Right. But the fact that you you kind of took a step back from what I'm hearing to say, yeah, you know what? Let me do this thing uh, a little bit different. Maybe my talent got me here, but it may not be able to sustain me over time. That's pretty amazing. You know, Dr. David Swartz in his book, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, he says, average is the worst of the best and the best of the worst. Uh, What did you do to ensure that your business and what you were offering didn't turn out average? Well, I think having the right people around me, I think is important, right? And I think the, the other owners of the company were guys that I thought were smarter than me. <laughs> mm. I wanted to put people around me that I knew were strong leaders who were who were obviously hyper intelligent, strategic thinkers, tactical executioners, and it started there, right? So that was the core. And then thereafter, it's building a team, right? A support staff of diverse kind of digital citizens, right? Of just really talented individuals who kind of exude what we're about, right? So it's literally trying to build this this culture from the core of who we were as the ownership. Mm. It's fascinating to me because I know not only the story, part of your, your backstory, but I also know that, you know, you're a family man. You have uh, a wife and kids. I mean, how yes. much pressure oh did you gosh. have on you, right? To, to be yeah. able to be successful, to not be afraid to fail, but yet know that failure could impact so many other lives that you have in your life. That was probably the biggest piece of pressure (laughs) to have on my shoulders is the fact that I do have a family, right? And I have a wife and I have a house and responsibilities, an older mother, right? Who's near retirement. So there's a lot of factors, a lot of things going on and jogging around in the head. And then, you know, I think later on in, you know, my tenure at Look Wisdom, I'm having this sense of... Maybe this isn't going to be the the long-term game for me, right? Mm. It's because this is my baby, right? This was the company that I founded, mm. but I'm not feeling that this is for me anymore, right? So, so there's the family stuff that you talked about, but then there's also the, my flame is kind of being pouted, you know, mm. it's, it's, you know, and I'm trying to find ways to keep that flame lit as best as I can, right? Because family i'm i'm seeing the family i'm seeing the house i'm seeing my babies i'm seeing right. like the lifestyle that i've created and that, but i'm also thinking about happiness and you know and and my humanity and mm. you know so it's like what do i what do i put before the other right so it's like i'm i'm constantly playing this this juggling game in my head in my gut in my heart right how do i what takes priority mm. 
So that portion that we were just covering, and I appreciate you sharing all of the insight that you have, and it's going to be valuable, I know, for those who are listening. That was just your journey, right? We just touched on just a brief aspect of it. But this next section is what I like to call the niche. It's actually segments that I took out of a book that I have coming out called Dream Octane, The Seven Steps to Discover, Develop, and Deliver Your Niche. And for me, as I started doing research, as I started to look for things that had to do with how someone who was making a difference, how these experts who are out there, experts like yourself, I asked them, and and as I started to research these things, I started to see that there are some commonalities that happened way back when they were younger. And it fell into five categories. The first one is, what are your passions? What do you have strong interests in? Uh, What do you do that feels purposeful? What patterns or what do you do naturally well? Your proficiencies are the things that you've learned to do well over time. And then what problems do you solve? And so those are the five, I call it the 5P framework. So as we go through this, let me just give some insight from you uh, as to what your passions are. What What were your passions in times past? Those things that you said, you know what, I'll do this if I don't get paid for it. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm I'm passionate about it. What were some of those things that kind of drove you into this path you find yourself on? Management, mentorship. I mean, those those are those are big things for me. I really enjoy engaging and working with people, employees, customers. Right. I really enjoy giving guidance. Uh, I really enjoy making something that's complicated, simple. Right, really uh, just articulating a workflow in a very simple manner, right? That teaching piece, that's, I kind of get goosebumps <laughs> mm. when I'm able to do that and see the reaction from the person in front of me who I'm delivering this to, right? Those are, for me, like, that's a win. And, and mm. I do that. I, I love to do that. Like, I, that's stuff that I can, honestly, I don't need to get paid to do that. Like, I'm, I, I do that for work. <laughs> I do that for work just on a day-to-day basis. I do it for the things that I'm passionate about. You know, if I'm if I'm in doing like trading, crypto, whatever those things are, <laughs> the world that I love to do, you know, if I'm coaching my coaching my kids, you know, soccer, you know, like I spend all my time like that's the stuff that I'm passionate about, truly. Mm. You touched on one of the ones that, uh, you know, you really stood out in, in business school. Uh, you, you were the cryptocurrency king. <laughs> you know, where everybody was talking was cash is king. No, you were like crypto was king. That's what you need to lean on. And everybody didn't get it. You were that voice in the wilderness trying to tell everybody, yeah. point people to the right path. And, and that's yeah. when crypto was like, you know, what was it? Like 2000, uh, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's they, like 2000. Yeah. And they were talking yeah. about, what are you doing in that thing? You were just sitting back like, Mr. Miyagi just uh, just waiting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so interesting how you bring that up. And I know that's a passion of yours as well. What do you do yeah. that feels purposeful? What do you do that you would say, you know, this is, we talked about your passions, but what would you do to say, you know, I feel like I was made for this moment? Wow. Purposeful. I think where I'm at today is in a place of doing something that's mission driven, right? It's so important to me. I think now I'm at Pockstock now, right? So I'm at Pockstock and everything that I do is truly mission driven, right? It, it, it's, there is, we are in a time period right now, right? It, it's an inflection point, obviously with the, the Derek Chauvin trial, yeah. you know, yeah. that, uh, that just yeah. passed and, and that conviction. And prior to that, all the protest and, and the movement that we were in and to be in a company that is really about inclusion uh, from a visual perspective, 
and really being at the precipice of not only the visuals, but the conversations that are being had. And to be in an organization that is doing so much with so little. And I'm just talking about from a resource perspective, right? So we are, you know, we're in the conversation. Like we're not only not only housing images, people of color, we're housing stories, <laughs> right? We are uh, being a part of the conversation. We're, we're, we're at the top of that wave, right? The wave is cresting. We're at the top of that wave of all these conversations that need to be had, right? And for me to be operationalizing <laughs> this movement, like that for me, that's where I'm at. That's the flame that I have right now. And that's what's moving me right now, every day. Like the time that I'm spending working on this stuff, it's like, honestly, like I'm not, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of pressure at times, but man, when it's a passion thing, it's like nothing. What do you do that comes natural to you? What patterns do you have that has helped you to be successful? I think whenever I am, when I'm getting to something new, I really take the time to learn it, <laughs> right? I'm, I treat everything like an open canvas, right? I don't give myself boundaries for learning something, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always a way to figure things out. I will try my best to learn as much as I can to a point, and then, you know, I'll ask after, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can get to a good point where I've exhausted <laughs> as much as I can, I've, you know, I've, I've played with whatever I need to play with, tried it out, learn as much as I can. I've Googled stuff, <laughs> you know, and then I ask the experts, I ask who knows, right? So what's your experience? What do I need to know? What are my gaps? Because that gives me the opportunity to, one, get comfortable and confident with whatever it is I'm trying to learn, right? So at Pockstock, whether it's cryptocurrency, right? Whether it's whether it's when I started at Pockstock and I came in, I came in fresh and I'm thankful for, for our CEO, Steve Jones, who literally said, hey, here's an opportunity, go, <laughs> right? And I was able to kind of, open campus, you know, learn as much as I can about the organization and about the platform and this and that, and really just take that time and ingratiate myself into it. And then when I come above water, I'm like, wow, I've, I've gained so much. <laughs> and now it's about tightening things up and, and sharpening the edges and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, for everything that I've started anew with, I literally have to take hours and hours and hours of time to just really learn it. And that is being in conversations learning as much as I can, asking a ton of questions. That is so key. And that's like, I've done it every time. And when I do that, there's success. Excellent. You know, in my book, I'm going to take a, a commercial break just to do a, a shameless plug for my book again. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, the book. I actually talk about that um, where we start talk about like um, discovering your niche. There's a section that I call uh, making it easy. And easy is really an acronym. kind of encapsulating what you're saying. The question is asked, when have you come across success from E, meaning exposure to information, things that you just learned along the way, to A, which is you've gotten success from accelerating change, meaning that you were involved in something kind of like these five P's uh, framework that we're talking about right now, but it helped to fix somebody else's problem. Um, The S is when have you studied best practice, which is just what you were mentioning. 
And then the last one is the why, which is when have you yielded results from your expertise? And so you went and you got experts in the room. And the difference between experience and expertise is that expertise, as psychologist Norcross has said, expertise is having a predictive model that works. So when you have a framework that you can apply and get success from it as someone else did, then you know that you have something special. And and I call that, uh, again, the method, the easy method of um, discovering your niche. All right. Anyway, back to the program. (laughs) 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 What do you do that you've gotten compliments from or you've been successful with that you find you're proficient at? Like, What are your proficiencies? There's never a tough conversation for me. I'm I'm able to take a sometimes conversations are complicated. Right. And, And I'm talking specifically with people. So I'm, I'm really able to dial down, lower the shoulders <laughs> of complicated conversations and simplifying it and making it more of a personable thing. So I personalize everything, right? And, and I, I get everything to a personal level because we're all human. And, and, and obviously, from a company perspective, from an internal perspective, everything is, it's the people, the people interaction that's going to drive the ship, right? Yes, we've got systems, we've got programs, but really it's about that dialogue. Right. It's about that communication. So I pride myself on being able to literally digest whatever's given to me. Like I have I have leadership management saying you need to tell team this da, 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 da. and I can take that and I can wrap it in a nice bow and deliver it in such a way where team just gets it and they move and they're motivated. Right. Mm. They take it and they receive feedback and they're motivated to just go. Right. Mm. And, and I've done that a million times and the team. The feedback that I get is, we enjoy working with you. We enjoy working for you just because of the way you you treat us, <laughs> right? right? You treat us right. with that, you give us that respect. And I, and I think that's, I always treat people how I want to be treated. You know, I mm. tell my kids that when they start nagging at each other, treat your brother or your sister how you want to be treated. Talk to them the way you want to be talked to. Yeah. I take that and I and I run with it, you know, and, and I, I do the same, I use the same tactics at work in the mm. workplace. What problems do you solve for people? Anything from technology, there's always a, a technology issue. There's always a how do I how do I do X, right? And I think right. because I've been in this game for so long, right? I feel like there's nothing that's unsolvable. And I, I think that is probably the biggest lesson that I teach people is that, you know, there's always a way to solve a problem. But to, to get to your point of what problems am I solving? I think it's the communication challenges. It's okay. How do I communicate with this person, right? How do I get alignment? One of my big goals this year as, you know, from an operations perspective is alignment, right? So how do we as an organization get alignment, right? So what's that glue? How do we centralize communications? How do we not talk at each other, but talk with each other, right? There's a finesse to that. And and that is, that's the hurdle that I try to work towards that I'm basically pegging off <laughs> one by one, one conversation at a time, one group at a time to get those conversations to be had where eventually you're going to have this like cross pollination of just amazing, amazing conversations. It's going to lead to just fruitful things in the future. Mm. Last section that we have here, and this to me is where you are speaking to me, but I want you to not look at me, but look at your younger self. 20, 30 years ago, and what secrets would you be given to that individual to accelerate them from where they are then to where you are now? 
I think about this a lot. I, I had, uh, when I left Local Wisdom, I have some retrospective moments, right? So um, I, there was a gap between Local Wisdom and, and Postdoc, and uh, I had some time to really just think about me, right, and who I was. And and uh, I always said to myself that my biggest problem that I had when I was at Local Wisdom was that I never was who I thought I was in my head. It ne- mm. what I, who I thought I was in my head never matched who I was on the exterior, right? Mm. Who, I thought so? I, who I thought in my head was somebody who was fully well-rounded, confident, a leader, fully balanced, right? In his career, family life, friendships, like there was this full circle. I always felt like I, at Local Wisdom, I wasn't hitting the mark. You know, I, I wasn't the leader. I wasn't the executor. I wasn't the strategist. I wasn't the, it was always the, I would get almost there, but then never really hit it out the box mm. for various mm. reasons, right? So what I would say to my younger self is what I did wrong, quite frankly, was I let the voices in my head drive the decisions that I made. There were a lot of voices in my head that I trusted and I shouldn't have trusted, right? Mm-hmm. And led me down to making some really, really horrible decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And that negatively impacted relationships, clients, you know, the company in, in many different ways. And, and in some cases was the precipice of me leaving, right? Uh, along with the passion piece, right? Wow. So. You know, what I would say to my, my younger self is you have to trust yourself more, right? Mm. Because, you know, I, a friend of mine, when I was thinking about leaving the agency, I was telling, I only talked to a few of my tight-knit friends who know me about where my head was at. And I, I was talking to him and I was sharing how distraught I was and how just split ringed I was about this decision. And, and he said... He said, I, you know, it's like, he's like, I don't understand, right? I don't understand why you're having, why are you so distraught? You know, because you have everything you need. You've always had everything you needed. Mm. Like, you know, like, yes, you're, you know, grad school, you're probably going to get more education. You obviously have experience you've got from working in the agency life, but Derek, like you yourself, you have everything you need right in here. And I, and I was like, I've never heard it said like that. And I, <laughs> right. And I was just like, wow, that really just meant a lot to me for him to say that. Right. And then two, it made me again, just think like, wow, I've been doing this all wrong <laughs> yeah. for a long time. And I've been fighting myself and that's the struggle that I had. I wanted to match who I was in my head, <laughs> that exterior. And uh, I never got there. Wow. I never got there. And you know, man, you and I have chopped it up several times. Um, I've been there myself and, more, and I really uh, appreciate your transparency and your honesty. I mean, the fact that you you want to even you know share something like that, I think is very powerful. Um, you know, it reminds me of a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt that said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I think that, you know, when we find that we're going through the grind of individuals trying to make life or make a life for ourselves and for our family. And then we, then we got whatever system that we're working in, whether it's we feel is working for us or against us, there's a tremendous amount of pressure that um, really pushes us into a state where we may feel just compressed, walking around depressed and compressed and everything Absolutely. else. Right. Absolutely. But I find it so interesting that 
through it all, you know, through the grace of God, you're now in a position right now where you're shining. It's almost as if it, that cold has pressed out a diamond. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like uh, yeah. it uh, pressed out something that I not only hear success, but I hear perspective. And and I almost feel like it's it's a derivative of your success. And I um, think that's pretty powerful. Next question that I have for you is, um, well, how do you know when it's time? And, and this would be the last one that I ask you. And, and I always tell my guests, I was like, man, I, I can go on. Uh, you and I, you know, we could talk for hours. Oh, of course, right? of you course, already of know course. That. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but this yeah. one of my favorite questions that I like to ask people is really this last one, and it's, uh, how do you know when it's time to focus on your goal versus giving up and just saying it's time to go? Wow. Yeah, this is a t- this is an interesting one. When I was at Local Wisdom, there was a time where I felt like it was time for me to go. And I did not listen to myself. I didn't listen to my gut. It wasn't the voice telling me that I should go. It was the gut telling me that, I, that it's time for me to go. And I didn't. And I fought it. And that's probably one of the other things that I would tell myself is to follow your gut. <laughs> and not only to follow your gut, but right. it's to put action, action to feeling is really what that comes down to because I truly yeah. believe that the universe delivers what you give it, right? So if you put it out there that if you just say something, just say something, right? Just let people know what you're feeling. Mm. You never know where that conversation goes. You never know where it can go, right? And I, I just fought myself. <laughs> I fought myself, right? So that that's a huge piece. <laughs> mm. A huge piece to the makeup of who I was <laughs> in a previous life. And then with that, that getting to that point, right? And then finally getting comfortable with, okay, just putting it out there, you know, saying it, making it real. Then it's like, okay, what's next, right? What is next? How do I now universally materialize what's next? Because quite frankly, when I left, I did not know. Mm. I left and it was, I don't know. I mean, my wife and I, we also own a daycare, right? We own a Kitty Academy franchise. Right. And and when I left Local Wisdom, I was there full time, right? So I, I had the opportunity to kind of, my wife at the time, we had our fourth child. So mm. I was actually there full time. So I was kind of like doing some operational stuff there. You know, I was right. kind of like a, you know, you know, playing owner. I am an owner, but I was playing owner. My wife was pretty much the, the main gal, but I, mm-hmm. I kind of stepped into her shoes right. and was kind of helping to run that show for, for about you know five six months um but then realized that you know uh, yeah like i don't know if this is the thing <laughs> i don't know right. if this is the thing like i'm i like it but i don't know if this is the thing so there was a point where i just said you know what i'm gonna start looking like i'm gonna start looking and not only am i gonna start looking but i'm just gonna slowly start putting it out there that hey i'm in the market i'm i'm down to just hear opportunities right i'm not gonna be closed-minded I'm not going to close myself off. I'm going to come out of hibernation. And I'm going to say, hey, like I'm here, mm, right. you know, but I'm going to do it at my own pace. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't on LinkedIn. I didn't, I took off notifications. So when I changed my title and said that I was done with local and I left local wisdom, I didn't have that notify the world. Right. I kind of wanted right. to do it in a controlled manner. Right. Mm. But I did start to talk to people, talk to people and let people know that I'm, that I'm, I want to look for other opportunities and here's some of my interests, mm. see what happens, you know? So again, putting it out there, letting the universe know that, that the time has come for me to step back in. I felt like it was, it was time. And at that point it was, I'm a lister. 
I like lists. I'm a Same list here. workflow guy. Yeah. You know, so I, I got, I literally have notepads from going back to years of yeah. just goal setting. Like I, 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 I was digging back in the, in the crates. I found a notes that I had where I literally mapped out four years of my life. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like wow. all right, 2017, I'm going to be doing this. 2018, yes. I'm gonna be doing yes. this. 2019, yes. I'm gonna be doing this. 2020, I'm gonna be here, right? right. And it was like, right. I was like, wow, like this is that. I I don't even remember writing that stuff, right? <laughs> but right. I know I was in some type of mode where I was like, yo, I'm doing. I am putting together some goals, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so well, it's like a propeller, man. This stuff starts to move you forward, and yeah, it uh, does. Even if you even if you do half of it, you know what I mean? It's it's something that still gets you closer than you you would if you didn't write anything down. Exactly. Yeah, you know, definitely look, chopping it up is something that I love doing. Yes. How would somebody else have an opportunity to connect with you? How do they get in contact with you? Is it LinkedIn? Is some other feature? How do they how would somebody get in contact with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Uh Derek Lorraine on LinkedIn. Friend me on Facebook. I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> I'm, I'm on all the <laughs> all the different social channels you can yes, get. I'm on, but definitely LinkedIn if you just want to uh, chop it up. I am an open book. You know, mm. I'm, I'm I love to share experience, my experience, learning about other people's experiences. I feel like that's that's how I've grown. Um, that's who I always have been. Is someone who is who's just friendly and open. And just like, honestly, like this, where the world is right now, you know, and the fact that we are opening up, it's just more, I like to find excuses to just get out and talk to people. Mm. (laughs) And when I'm saying get out, it doesn't mean physically. Yes, it means physically as well. But yeah, I mean, it literally is like the tentacles are starting to get reached out. Like I've I've literally been taking the opportunity to just pick up the phone and call people, ping people randomly, say, hey, how you doing? So I'm open. I'm open, you know, just hit me up. <laughs> and that is uh, the last names uh, spelled is Ellis and Larry A is an Apple R A is an Apple N is a Nancy E Lorraine. Correct, sir. Yes, All yes, right. sir. yes, yes. <laughs> so, so, so as you know, it's, it was a pleasure to have uh, Derek Lorraine on our program today. Um, you know, uh, definitely so much more to talk about. We don't have to do a part two of this thing because we got to <laughs> dig into so much more pot stock, which we really didn't get to today. But, um, you know, again, just uh, we like to just whet the appetite, um, bring people <laughs> to the table. And, and then, you know, as you build network and you network with some of our guests, you know, hopefully they can now set the table or put on your plate items that they have out of their own kitchen right and so uh as as you know with dream octane if you want to get in contact with us you can go on dreamoctane.org where you can find the latest and greatest of things that we have that has to do with how to find either discover develop and or deliver your niche and uh as you know the whole reason that we do this program is because we believe that if uh innovative change is an engine then your dream and ability could be its fuel remember when you leave out today don't just complain about wanting to have a difference in the world and see what you can do, even if it's small and incremental ways to help be the difference that you want to see in the world. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning into the Niche Finder Framework. We thank our guest again, Derek Lorraine, for being on our program, and we look forward to chopping it up with our next guest on the very next episode. Thanks again. Thanks again.